Do you want to start watching cartoons? <laughs> I sure do. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our lovely Steven Universe podcast, Not So Giant Women. It's Daria and Ivy now barreling into the second half of season one. We're ready to tackle house guest. So instead of asking the obvious question, I'm going to ask something more vague. The house guest we're about to see, is it someone we know or someone we're about to meet? <laughs> I think someone we know because often these <laughs> stories, these house guesty stories like to go, well, this person's fine when they're not in our house 24-7. <laughs> so they could be playing that trick. Mm-hmm. So you think it's not anybody new who's going to be a guest. It's just, it's someone that doesn't usually live in the house, but we already know. Yeah. Up until season 1A finale, I would have thought it might have been a new person, but now I have a better idea of the relationship between our gems and the rest of gem kind. So it doesn't seem likely anyone will be stopping by. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see if you're right. <laughs> Go. We are the crystal gems. We'll always save the day. Good night, Dad. Good night, Stephen. Oh, bit of a weird one. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's see if I can tell the people just how weird it was. Yeah. We pick up. Hours, if not minutes, after the end of last episode, the universe van is still wrecked. Greg's leg is still broken, and the gang have gathered at the car wash to assess the damage to both. Pearl thinks she can fix the van, in fact. She kind of takes this on as a project. Greg's leg, on the other hand, at first Stephen suggests that Greg move in with them while his leg heals, which, well, at least two of the gems aren't entirely impressed with. <laughs> then they remember he has healing powers. He could try to heal his dad's leg, but he tries and Greg still can't get up on it and says he'll have to move in for a while. After all, after a montage of Greg chilling with his leg, his leg, which is bound up with duct tape and a couple of rulers. <laughs> and I did have a broken bone in my leg last year and just watching this made me wince every time he had that yeah <laughs> partway through though there is a crisis the geode has cracked and this is a big deal and they need all three of them including steven to investigate and uncrack it greg is disappointed that they'll be leaving him even though surely it's going to be for all of a couple of hours and so they leave him this warp whistle which can summon them back through the warp pad they arrive at this big geode, this huge dome, which has a crack in it. There are storms everywhere. Pearl tries to explain what has happened to cause this, but every time she gets going, there is the sound of the warp whistle. It's harder to say than you think. Mm -hmm. And Stephen is dragged back to the treehouse. He finds, however, that Greg is only looking for minor things like location of the remote or testing the whistle, etc., etc. We find that... If the geode is not repaired, the crack is not uncracked, then there will be a huge storm that wipes out all their bodies and Stephen notes will make them dead. <laughs> they say Stephen's healing powers should be able to cover it, but 
It doesn't. He's lost his mojo because his healing saliva did not work on his dad. They go back home to formulate a new plan. Greg has summoned with the walk whistle again at this point. And this time it's because he just saw a funny commercial. <laughs> Stephen is getting kind of exasperated. This is Stephen we're talking about. <laughs> Nonetheless agrees to go and get snacks for Greg from Big Donut. Halfway through realizes he hasn't asked Greg which snacks he wants, comes back to the house and finds that in his supposed absence, Greg is in fact up and about and dancing in front of the fridge. Difficult to do with a genuinely broken leg. His leg is not broken. He has been faking the broken leg. The healing saliva worked first time. He just wanted to come and stay in there with his son for a while. But he did actually selfishly make his son run around after him and endangered everything with putting Stephen's powers out of whack and continually interrupting the geo mission. So Greg concludes that all this is his fault and uses the whistle to warp back to, or not for him, to warp to the geode. Stephen runs up and follows him. He tries to encourage Stephen to be able to use his power properly. It still doesn't work. However, Greg has another idea. The duct tape he offered to Pearl to fix the van. He's a great believer in duct tape. And mm-hmm. the duct tape actually does seal the crack in the geode and yep. the weather becomes calm again. Fade to later on the beach, Pearl has finished fixing the van and runs off a big deal of automobile talk that I don't understand, but I guess means the van is better now. <laughs> Greg also is better and he hugs Pearl, which <laughs> shudders her out no one, and says he's better move back home now by which I assume he means get back into his van. And indeed, when we fade out, he has just parked the van on the beach nearby. He leaves Stephen with the duct tape, which is a memory of the mission they went on together. Okay. The end. Yep. Hmm. So we didn't deal with the larger consequences, the more cosmic consequences of last time's story, but we do have the immediate thing of broken vans and... Broken Greg's and Pearl becoming a mm-hmm. uh, no, mechanic for all her skills. Yeah, yeah, they don't address the big questions, but they do kind of pick up the pieces, sort of, which is interesting. A lot of times you don't see that stuff. You see flash forward to after things are better and cleaned up. Yeah, whereas this is right away, I guess there's not really mm-hmm. anything they can do to worry about whether Lapis made it home or told anyone or did anything when she was there but they do have these breakages and cleanup going around behind them. Did they not have hospitals in Beach City? (laughs) That's a good question. Well, I was going to say, like, this seems to be at least Greg's perspective on what a broken leg needs. It's his idea of healthcare, which is clearly really poor, but it's Greg, so you don't know if that's just because, I mean, the man lives in a van. He probably does not have health insurance, which in the United States, you know, you're probably not going to see a doctor if you don't have health insurance. Uh, Of course, yes. I would be very surprised if Greg did have it, especially considering he owns that car wash, so he doesn't work for somebody that would provide it for him. So, I mean, that just to me, it indicates that he probably did that because he didn't have a better choice. But so far, we have not seen a hospital in the show. So who knows? We've seen any medical personnel at all, if I recall, in the past 26, well, now 27 episodes. No, and the closest thing to authority is Mayor Dewey. Yeah, so. who, you know, after after all his You're Such Heroes thing last week, you think he could bring yes. him for a doctor visit, but oh well. Right, right. 
You see his, I guess he's got some stooges. He's got some guards or something, but not really any proper police or anything. So I don't know what the services are like, any social services or availability in Beach City. Yes, Stephen could have a side hustle just licking his hand and sticking it on people. Yeah, that's what he should do. Just hang out a shingle and say, doctor. <laughs> of course, that's assuming it starts working again. Yeah, um, which thus far it hasn't. Even with Greg's encouragement, he yeah. apparently is still healing speed impaired. Yeah, this raised a lot of questions for me because uh, he implies that Greg messing with his head caused him to have a dip in confidence and therefore he started to have doubts about whether he would be able to perform. And even though he found out it was never broken and that should kind of return him to normal, you find out he still can't heal this geode. And my first thought was, well, does that mean maybe he just can't heal non-living things or something? But on the other hand, Garnet told him to try. And if it didn't work on non-living things, I'm not sure why she would say this is a possible solution. But you know, given when we found out fairly recently that Stephen could heal things with his saliva, you know, he was not feeling very confident at all when, when that happened. It happened by accident. It happened passively while he was feeling like he would never be a real crystal gem, you know, and then Connie drinks his backwash and her eyes are no longer nearsighted. So it makes me wonder, how does it really work? Does it just come on and off again randomly or what? I guess I kind of assumed that Garnet knew what she was talking about, but even mm-hmm. in Showtime, he's only had these powers probably a week or two, and yeah. they can't know for sure that his powers will work the same way that his mother's did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's already spit rather than tears. But yeah, he, he does have a history of trying to make things work that have worked before, and then he can't get them to work. So, mm. <sighs> It could be still connected also to that whole it's a fairly new power thing. Mm-hmm. Or it yeah. could just be that it doesn't work on big geode domes. Yeah. yeah. So far, we've only seen him successfully heal two things, and both of them were creatures. One was mm. Connie, who was not injured. She was just nearsighted. And Lapis, who was broken. So far, both of those things were alive. I'm not sure what this geode situation was. Yeah. And I, I wonder what it was because they don't tell us anything about how this storm, wh- why it was trapped in there or what it is or what the deal is at all. No, uh, Pearl would probably have told us more if she just hadn't kept getting warp, warp whistled. <laughs> yeah. You, gi- you give Pearl a chance to explain something. She will explain it. <laughs> but yeah, whatever the geode is, it's large, important, and can make deadly storms. She seemed to be, she was saying it's a synthetic storm that was contained. And oh, you know, yeah. we don't know why. We don't know why it was, why is there a storm? Like, huh, how did it get there? <laughs> Who put it there? Don't know. <sighs> but again, I, I like when there are these little mysteries, these random things that are happening around that the gems have to deal with. And Steven's just happy to be included in something he doesn't he doesn't need to know the whole backstory and in this case it's really just an excuse plot for for the story with greg and the healing for to work or not so while obviously it's big stakes if it does if it doesn't work we don't need to go into detail other than something is broken and needs fixing that's right yeah so we get a bit of world building Fairly passively. The main thing here that raised questions besides what we just discussed for me was how the family situation is. Like the gems are 
raising Stephen in this house, but he made a reference to wanting to live with his son again. So at what point did he decide to like sort of give them custody? What's, what's mm. going on? Why did he feel like he had to lie to be allowed to hang around? Yeah, I mean, part of the lie, I assume, was also the gems granted mostly Pearl. Just yes. don't seem to personally, that personally fond of him. She seems, yes, Pearl seems particularly repulsed by him. <laughs> I mean, he was getting on okay with uh, Amethyst. Yes, <laughs> he does. The Amethyst seemed fairly, fairly drained this week. Even a crack about breaking his butt, she was like, yeah, I know, not funny. I know, Garnet was not, she was, she was not so fun in her response. That's not funny. She's like, I know. Maybe she's just exhausted after the big conflict last week. Yeah. And then speaking of which, I mean, maybe Greg felt like he had for the first time seen up close and personal how potentially lethal these missions could be. And he was feeling clingy. He wanted to spend some time with his kid and I don't know. Maybe early on, Greg tried to just raise Stephen like a regular human parent, but some gem stuff started to manifest early and he was like, oh, okay, I might be out of my depth on this one. Maybe mm-hmm. I can't just put up part of the van as a nappy <laughs> table. Yeah, well, he wouldn't have known any different at that time, but I don't know. I, I really wonder what the conversation between them sounded like, you know, when you have Greg with presumably a, a baby Stephen and he decides to let his son live with the gems and not get a lot of direct supervision from him. And, you know, they're ancient aliens who don't necessarily know what a child needs and that you can't really abandon them to the kitchen or they'll put popcorn on their waffles. I don't know if there were conversations between Greg and the remaining gems and Rose before she gave up her physical form. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always presented to us as something she deliberately did, right. or at least that's the implication. So presumably they would have at least known in advance this, that there would be minus one rose plus one baby. And yeah. the baby would, they'd probably take a fair guess, the baby would be half and half of their respective cultures slash species and that this was something they would all have to get in on. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, we... Of course, again, don't know much about Rose as sort of her minute-to-minute personality either, so how that conversation might have gone is still kind of up in the air. Yes. Mm. Whereas we did get to see a little of what hanging out with Greg would be like and the kinds of things that they would do together, like what, that, that weird breakfast that they ate while that montage was going on. They ate some kind of almost together breakfast-looking stuff. But, yeah, um, I noticed it was a bit together breakfasty and... <laughs> Greg is just chowing down his bacon and they spill stuff everywhere really watching TV. <laughs> and, you know, they're sitting there taking a bath with the hose and... Yeah, what's, uh, what's that about? <laughs> Please don't tell me there's been no bathroom facilities in the beach house for the past however many years. Yeah, I wonder if that was just that they didn't want him to climb the stairs or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, he would have. You would have had to take him down the stairs to get him to the beach. Yeah, it's true. Or you could just throw him off the side of the patio. You know, he'll be fine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, Amethyst can shapeshift to a trampoline or something to catch him. There you go. <laughs> yep. 
So I started watching this show at the end of season one. Like I jumped in after the whole first season had aired. So I was not part of the fandom when this episode aired. But I heard that this episode made a lot of people really mad at Greg because of the crying wolf trope. And then also that he was lying about his broken leg. So this was not a good look for Greg Universe. It really wasn't. And even in story, Stephen got pissed off at him, which is not something Stephen does easily, particularly at his own dad. Right. Yeah. And it's relatively short-lived. I mean, he just turns around and looks at their instruments together, his ukulele and his guitars, looks at them and gets sentimental immediately. But yeah, you're right. That Seeing an outburst like that from Stephen indicates a level of seriousness. And this is a boy who doesn't even get angry at people who flat out abuse him, a la Lars. Yes, that is true. Um, So he's obviously got some principles that you've got to wear away to find. Once you crack at them, he's he's going to, well, he's going to snap, even if just a little. Mm -hmm. It's a little uncomfortable to watch that, you know, to see them kind of (coughs) snipe, snipe at each other. And you know, Greg's kind of defending what he was doing, and he knows that it was crap. But you know, it's really uncomfortable to watch when, when you know, when they're having a disagreement like that, and just watching them, you know, disagree. You want to see them be hanging around like earlier in the episode, like taking a bath with the hose and watching somebody get their wig stolen on a YouTube or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they were watching. <laughs> it, it looked like he was parodying those, like bitchy model shows that were probably over reality tv for a while i think you're right that's what it looked like to me too didn't know that that was a type of entertainment that they like (laughs) Hmm. well Stephen is also fairly easily amused of what he watches and i guess we know where he gets it from now Mm -hmm. yeah i'm gonna guess that greg does not have incredibly sophisticated taste in entertainment so I notice. I mean, I guess I've kind of noticed before, but this episode made it stand out. His tan line is constant, despite the fact he's always just got the vest on, but he's still got the tan line that ends as if he was wearing a proper shirt. Yep. And same with his shorts. Like, he's wearing shorts, but it looks like he has a tan line that ends at his ankle. So how does he get those tan lines if he always seems to be appearing on screen? Yeah, wearing something that shows it. <laughs> we've seen he's... That's what he wears at work too. So it's not like he's, he's got yep. his, a uniform on all day or something. So it's true. Yeah, he he does occasionally appear in slightly different clothes, but it is true that almost all of the time we're we're able to see all of the tan lines. <laughs> Maybe there was some kind of gem glow incident in his past that burnt it on. I gotta say that was one of my theories. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, oh, here's something interesting that I noticed, like, lore-wise for this. The warp whistle was really interesting to me because that is a piece of technology that when you blow it, the warp pad comes on, which suggests that people who couldn't use warp pads, like humans, might occasionally need to use a warp pad and that they already have a tool for that. So it makes me think that there has been cooperative effort between gems and humans in the past. And, you know, neither Greg nor Steven can use warp pads the way the gems just seem to do it by thinking about it. But Greg, he wouldn't have been able to wander off and try to fix this thing himself if there wasn't a tool to make that possible. 
And uh, yeah, I was thinking about how it worked, but, you, but you're right. I didn't think about why it's there to work in the first place. Yeah. So definitely made me think like, oh, maybe they had allies and humans and mm. they wanted to give them transportation. Yeah, or at least some other non-gem species. Mm. I mean, I can see the summoning thing would be useful for anyone, mm-hmm. gem or otherwise, but that it can actually activate the warp pad. It's one of those, it knows what you intend to do with it things because Greg didn't have to like choose where he was going to go or anything. And as far as we can tell, it was able to broadcast its song through the warp pad to the warp pad the others had gone to. I mean, mm-hmm. we only saw the one, of course, but those right. things would be fairly difficult if every time someone blew on it, it put the song all through the entire Wattpad network. Right. Yeah, we don't know how many of these there are, but you know, I wonder if it was just a, the recent setting or something like that. Who knows? They didn't explore that. And I, I don't know if this is kind of hinting at more behind the scenes or if it's more like this is a convenient thing we're going to invent for purposes of the episode, kind of like the replicator wand. It, it showed up for one episode and got destroyed or the time thing. But I'm prepared to buy with the level of Magitech we've seen so far that it's, they do have stuff that can know what you intend it to do. Uh, maybe. I think it would have been cool if maybe you had to play a certain song. Like Greg is Ooh. musical. He could learn how to do that. But he was just blowing on it. Yeah. Maybe if they've had slightly longer episodes, we would have seen that, that Greg had to engage his musical ability to work out where it's going to go after a bit of just popping in and out of warp pads all over the planet, galaxy, wherever. <laughs> yep. Mm. My first thought when I heard warp whistle was a reference to Mario video game because they had warp whistles. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah, if you found a, a whistle, you could use it and you would get warped forward in the game. I vaguely remember Superhero had a similar power that their sonic powers could tap into the harmonics of the universe or something and open portals, but I can't remember who it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very much another case of it does what we say it does. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so did you see the duct tape solution coming? I was pretty sure we are looking at Chekhov's duct tape for something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I guess certainly when Greg was heading out and he's going, I'm going to fix this. Like, well, you've only got one method of fixing things to your name at the moment. So right, and you're holding your toolbox. So I guess it was even money whether the power of love within Stephen would reignite his confidence or whether duct tape would actually work. <laughs> a bit of a counterpoint to when they tried to use the Mr. Crazy doll to replace the idol and it didn't work here. The mundane earthly method did work. I half expected it to follow the previous example and mm-hmm. just burst out again after a second, but guess we're okay. That's a good observation. You know, now that you say that, I'm thinking about how it's almost the opposite is going on with you have this technologically advanced uh, space alien fixing your van. <laughs> yeah. So, so she fixed his earth machine and he fixed her geode <laughs> with tape. Maybe the writer's just that much of a believer in duct tape. Could be. I mean, it is some pretty great stuff. (laughs) Yeah, you work in theatre. Gaff tape gets the same reputation. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I also kind of like that Pearl has just completely dived into car knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we haven't really seen that side of her as such. I mean, she's 
very precise and she seems like the kind of person who would be able to learn something like that, very technical, but we haven't seen her be a, like a machine person, but we have seen her driving. So <laughs> we saw her driving for real, but we also saw her much earlier doing a driving video game. <laughs> and at least little bits I could recognize they were like real car words. So she's definitely got into this with both hands. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was a really weird scene where she came back and covered in grease and they lingered on her wiping the grease off for like four seconds. <laughs> it's very strange animation. Well, yeah, I was kind of hoping we'd get her transmuting her outfit into like a little mechanics boiler suit oh. with like a pearl name patch, but not to be. Oh, I need to draw fan art of that now. I should do that. <laughs> Actually, that's another thing that probably would have had a if they had longer episodes, would have been Amethyst helping Pearl. <laughs> yeah, Pearl seemed to be the main person driving the repair with Garnet assisting lifting up the entire car so that the engine thing fell out or whatever. But Amethyst was content, as usual, to lean against things and comment. <laughs> yeah, well, she probably, like many humans, kind of regards cars as just big boxes that yeah. take you where you need to go. Yeah. She didn't have a lot of confidence in Pearl's ability to fix it, even though she's probably seen Pearl fix things. But yeah, she said it was going to be busted forever. Yeah, mm. But as established, Amethyst just isn't feeling it this week. Yeah. Yeah. And to bring up Pearl as far as not feeling it, that, that whole animation where she backed away from Greg's hug when he was so ex- excited, <laughs> like she just, she backs away from him and hides behind Garden. She's oh, just, I love that. He's so offended that he tried to hug her. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that. Who was the artist this time? The storyboarders were Helen Joe and Lamar Abrams. So Helen was the relatively new one who her first episode was uh, Monster Buddies. So she hasn't been on a lot yet. Yeah, this some little bits seemed a bit unfamiliar around the edges, for one of a better word. Mm-hmm. one wondered if someone new or at least not as frequent had stepped in this time. Yeah, there's a certain way that she draws that really stands out to me. So I know what you're talking about, but I think she does it for her entire run. Just the sort of the way that she draws eyes and the shapes of their heads and stuff. Mm, that was exactly it, what I was coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Greg was quite a potato. <laughs> 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 she tends to put these particular kinds of shines in people's eyes. I don't know. It's really, she's the only one who does that. So same person who did the weird shot of Pearl looking straight forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I still wonder was just to, to see what the character model would look like if you tried to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, the other one was Lamar and he's been there, I guess, since the beginning, but his first episode was the first lion episode, episode 10. So... He's a stalwart, as we love to overuse on Potsploitation. Is what? A stalwart, someone who's done a lot of this and has been in it for a long time. I think so. So what do you think if I ask you a probing question? I thought of one. Follow-up questions! Okay. Okay. So, all right. We were talking about Pearl and how she thinks of Greg. What What are your thoughts on how each of the other gems regards Greg? God, it seems to be unimpressed but ultimately indifferent so far which describes her attitude toward many things <laughs> true true so <laughs> before the lie came out she was and before he probably started over abusing the warp whistle she was like well, i don't necessarily want him here but 
it does seem like a good idea, so I'll let it happen. Mm-hmm. Amethyst seems to get on with him the best. We've briefly seen them interacting in earlier episodes. You're right. And I particularly remember contrasting Pearl's reaction when in the Onion and the Replicator episode that she was just like, oh, hey, Greg, just yep. like he's someone she sees around. And we saw, them in, <laughs> we saw them indulging in childishness together this week. So yes. obviously they've got that side of compatibility to go on. And they're both hoarders. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Greg probably wishes his band could just hold more and more stuff like Amethyst's quarters. Mm-hmm. You know, and their hair is very similar. Yeah, yeah, it's just that Greg's is placed slightly further back. Mm-hmm. And he is not purple. No. <laughs> he, as explored, he's, he's stuck in a tan and pink configuration. <laughs> yeah, year round, seems. Yeah, well, I guess, I guess, you know, it's still crashing towards summer. The break was about to start last time and we picked up straight right. away, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to be summer right now. I'm glad that Steven's on summer break, you know? Yeah, from nothing. (laughs) Yeah. And at least he has his ocean back and he can swim in it. You don't see a lot of him swimming, like just playing in the the ocean. We didn't really see anyone else this week to speak of. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. Uh, He even got interrupted before he made it to Big Donut. Yeah, you're right. It was just the Gem family and Greg. Mm. Uh, And if you count the actors on the... Bitchy model show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. We did get an out and out song this week, though, speaking of the theme of family. Right. We can tackle music. We got Dear Old Dad. Yeah. A very father and son fa- family scene. The mm-hmm. echoes of my old man or cats in the cradle. Mm hmm. You know, I like the song. I like how sort of rough it is. It's not one of the more polished sounding ones, especially with kind of the actor for Greg, the way that he sings. He struggles with with singing sometimes, he said, so, which is ironic considering you know, they, they cast somebody who was playing a character who used to be a rock star. So Most of the others so far have been professional singers in one degree or another. Mm. Yeah, definitely have more vocal experience than him. But so, I don't know, the, the song is not a popular one in the fandom. A lot of people don't like it or thought that it was cringy, but I thought it was sweet. And I liked that it wasn't overly kind of one of the more polished ones because that felt like authentic from them, I guess. Yeah, it felt, the roughness made it feel like something it was sort of cobbled together by the universes during mm-hmm. their s- sudden proximity to each other. Yeah, and they're both musical enough that if maybe one of them started singing something, the other would jump in and just make something. Yeah, at first at first, I thought it was going to be revealed that they were actually singing it diegetically, but other uh-huh. than a bit of strumming, we didn't really see that. But I guess you could say it did do that, and we just were looking at something else at the time. Yeah. The way that music is used in this show is very sort of in between those two things, isn't it? Hmm. Um, We've had that both. Why would someone be singing now? Obviously, this isn't really happening. But (laughs) at one point, someone said, and you just sang that song. Right. In Coach Steven, Lars commented that he was singing about Strong in the Real Way. Just singing some dumb song. And then in Giant Woman, we had... Of course, Opal singing back at Steven. Yeah. So clearly he sang it while riding a goat. Hmm. Um, yeah, 
a lot of them that have been like that. Interestingly, I, there is a music book for the show. It's, it's only got season one songs in it, and I don't think they're going to make another one. But when I looked at it, the music in the book is in a different key than the one that actually aired. So oh. that bothered me. <laughs> That's a little odd. Yeah. It would have been a lot easier if it was actually being played in the key that the the music they released was. I think they must have written it in that key and then changed it for voice reasons or something. I don't know the background on that, though, but it's a pain in the butt to play in ukulele in the key it aired in. (laughs) Oh, the pain. I had to learn like two new chords to learn to play this song. I'm not a great ukulele player, but this song is the reason I learned two of those chords. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're greater than me, so... (laughs) Uh, well, many years ago, I did major in music. And even if you're not really good at something, that still leaves you with enough knowledge to cobble your way through learning just about anything on an instrument and you could figure it out. And it's probably not going to sound great, but it'll be those notes. <laughs> so that's what I did. And, you know, when I first started trying to learn this this song, I struggled with it a lot. But now that I've had to use those chords in much harder songs. I'm like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> East into your repertoire. Yes, indeed. So that was in addition to some pretty good background music for when they were looking at the geode and they had this kind of scary music behind them. Mm. The name of that track is Weather Bomb. So that's cool. Yeah, that gave the impression of one of this would be an absolutely epic episode if you actually got to see it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Which this show likes to do, so that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. So what do you think about if we talk about food? Yeah, I thought that's where we might be going next. We've got (laughs) a few bits of food during the Malingering Greg montage. We got the pancakes. Were they pancakes or waffles? I thought they were pancakes. It was pancakes this time. That's right, and whipped cream. And Greg just had his huge slice of bacon, maybe ham, but probably bacon. Yes. It was bacon, and we do see Stephen crack an egg on his head and cook it, but then we don't see them eating it. So, But when I recreated that meal and I did include some eggs, the, the pancakes I made from scratch on a griddle, it made like seven pancakes, and I squirted like a whole bunch of whipped cream on it just like them. I did not, however, eat my bacon the way that he ate his bacon. Actually, I didn't eat any bacon because I had my friend over to cook real bacon, and I don't eat bacon, so Mm -hmm. I let him eat it. He also did not eat it like Greg Univer, but we were unable to find bacon that looked like that bacon, so he got some thicker bacon, and he said, you know, if you cook it together in a skillet the way you know, sort of overlapping, these these bacon strips will kind of fuse together. And I'm like, yep, okay, we're going to have a bacon fusion. <laughs> and that kind of worked. It, it was funny because he, there were some parts of the bacon fusion that looked better than others. So he had me focus my my photos for the, for the recipe, like on this side of it. And he says, that's the glamour bacon. <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. I should have fixed some soy bacon so that I could join in, but I figured I had enough food. We had seven pancakes and all that whipped cream. And uh, interesting factoid about the bacon is in the model sheets, they referred to it as Howl's Moving Castle bacon. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Do you know Howl's Moving Castle? I know of it. I don't know it well enough to know why the bacon would be called that though. Yeah, it was, I guess, a memorable scene where the main character is cooking bacon that looks just like that. 
So I think it's funny that they have these internal references where they'll actually write it on the model sheet. I have a picture of it. So it was meant to be a reference to that. <laughs> really funny. Um, I guess there were other random bits like the snacks they tipped on themselves and the stuff Greg was getting out of the fridge when he was interrupted. Believe it or not, I also have done that. I believe um, it, yes. Yeah, I shouldn't even say or not in that phrase. It wasn't real obvious what he was getting, but it looked like to me, it looked like a plate with a chicken leg and some potatoes and then a bowl of cherries. So that was easy to put together, except that I don't eat chicken because I'm vegetarian. So this was more complicated than usual. And I used like this, I went into ridiculous mode for this. And I used a, a plastic accessory that looks like a bone. And I used fake chicken nuggets and like cobbled them together with like, I guess I used some toothpicks to hold them together to make it look like a chicken drumstick so that I could just have something that looked like what Greg Universe was eating because I'm a ridiculous person. I just brought the shot back up and yeah. and Is that what it looks like to you? Yeah, either cherries or cherry tomatoes at the other mm -hmm. dish. I'm going to go with cherries for a reason I will not say. <laughs> mm. Well, my only reason to think of cherry tomatoes is because they're quite popular with people I know. Ah, okay. There are some future things that involve cherries and Greg Universe that we will oh, talk about later. But as per usual in this show, it seems like he just takes these things out of the fridge and they're already ready and they're already on a plate. Yeah. Like, why do you guys keep so much food in your fridge that's not even covered and it's all ready and it's just sitting there? Like, what's the deal? This is like the fourth time this has happened. Yeah. Also caught up when they're spilling stuff on themselves. Oh, look, he has toast too. <laughs> what are you looking at? Just looking at the food they spilt on themselves, but looks like it's some kind of brown beverage and popcorn. Yeah, there's popcorn all through this show. I'm just like, you know what? Make it once and that's it. Yeah. Oh, and his bowl is trans colors. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I knew they liked representation on this show. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you anything, it was not a coincidence. But yeah, the potatoes and chicken leg and cherries meal. I decided that there's not very much that's special about this. It's almost kind of like only a ridiculous person would recreate something like that. So I also sort of did some Greg Universe cosplay while I was doing it in my <laughs> kitchen, dancing around in like a little white sleeveless shirt and cut off jean shorts, just pretending to be Greg. I don't have the epic tan lines or the bald spot, but I've got the long hair. <laughs> did you duct tape a ruler to your leg? I did not. The angle of the shot would not show that far down, so I didn't bother. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done that. I should have done that. I failed. I failed us all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not enthusiastic enough of a fan area. <laughs> I, I am though. I am sure... <laughs> if I dig deep enough that there will be someone who has done their Greg cosplay complete with leg accoutrements. Oh, you know, I don't think I've personally seen that, but I have seen some really good Greg cosplay. I actually one time saw in person, I saw somebody cosplaying as Greg Universe and his daughter was cosplaying as Lapis, which was kind of a strange combination. But, <laughs> you know, you pick your favorite character, so... Okay, I saw a guy who definitely could cosplay as Greg if he wanted to. You would just need to get the appropriate clothes because they had pretty much everything else already. <laughs> oh, I also did not have the beard. That's right. 
I guess there's not a lot of alcoholic beverages references or anything in this show, so I can't necessarily call that a beer belly, but maybe an ice cream belly. I don't have that epic of of ice cream belly. So, you know, it was closet cosplay. Oh, new cosplay. Closet cosplay. (laughs) New term. If only I had known that. The description for the episode was, quote, after injuring his leg, Greg comes to live with Stephen and unintentionally interferes with Stephen's powers. Mm-hmm. Gives away a lot. But at least it doesn't say that it was a lie. <laughs> yeah, they probably could have established the premise just of the injured Greg comes to live with Stephen in the gems thing. Yeah, I would rather that they stop there. Because <laughs> that really is like third act stuff, you know? Oh my gosh, I can't use my powers now and I have to use them for this urgent mission. And I can't. My dad scooters them because he tells the pips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Greg scooting around on a desk chair for a wheelchair. I've done that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, if it does the job, why not? Um, I think I've only got a couple more little factoids to spit out if you want me to go there. One of them was right in the end scene there was when they were showing the duct tape on Steven's nightstand. Underneath that, he had a Sailor Moon manga. <laughs> uh. Steven reads Sailor Moon, which should not surprise anyone. But I have a little anecdote about that, which a long, long time ago, I don't think I've seen anything like this before or since, but there was sort of an in-character interview in a newsarama, I think is the name of the publication that did an in-character interview with Steven and other characters, or at least one other character. And so they're asking questions and the answers are coming from the character, not any actor or writer. And uh, Steven in this interview commented that he likes to read Sailor Moon because it's so down to earth. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. That is awesome. (laughs) You're like, yeah, this is such a nice realistic manga. (laughs) <laughs> it's just fighting monsters with your powers. The whole experience in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's adorable. Um, that's the end of my factoids that I can remember because I already told you who the artists were. So I only have one more thing, which is the merch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. And that, in this case, I decided I will feature a Greg Universe special comic. Ah. They did an entire comic that was all stories about Steven's dad. So cool. I forget if it's spoilery still for you because it was pretty early. But this was released in 2015. And it's a special issue. So it says number one, but there is only one. Oh. Yeah, they often do <laughs> and, specials. Uh, there's a really cute one in there that's my favorite that includes Greg somehow being part of a mission very much like he was in the previous episode to this one. And he somehow is falling from the sky and Garnet has to save him. And while they're drifting back down to earth because she's made her shoulder pads really big. So she's <laughs> drifting down to earth. They have a really touching little conversation about humanity and how uh, Garnet is like suggesting that he does, that she does, that they don't know everything, even though they're uh, very knowledgeable and have seen so many more worlds than he could ever imagine and all that. And it was, it's, it was really interesting because you don't see interaction between Greg and Garnet. These are not canon exactly, but they're, you know, they're little side stories. Yeah. So there were a few really cute ones in there. There's uh, one where they all go to the, the movies to go see, let's see, 
was it a dog copter movie? I can't remember now, but they, they have a thing where Lars and Sadie are trying to see, but they can't because Garnet sat in front of them and her hair is gigantic. And so they're trying to see around Garnet's head and she keeps kind of scrunching lower in her chair to try to, to try to let them see. <laughs> and they're all wearing 3D glasses. Garnet has one with ones with three lenses. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Kind of cool. So that was fun. This is the back of it. It has Greg Greg's dancing around. chilling out in his Walkman or his iPod or something. I collect all of the different variants of the comics, and I don't have variant. It's one of only two in the whole series that I'm missing is the variant of this one. So I really want it. There she is. Wow. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Drawn in a very different style. So that's fun. I enjoyed it. So that is the merchandise. Is the Greg Universe Special number one with no number two. Yeah, well, I've not read any of the comics yet because, of course, of spoiler protection, but I hope to one day. Yeah, they're a good time. But, of course, they never let the comics lead the canon at all. So they're always side stories. There's nothing new that you can learn about them. They could be fun, too. Oh, yeah. It is nice, though, because... We've talked about this before, but I really like that so much of the story is things that are not necessarily plotty. I like the soft moments. That's part of what makes the show what it is. Yes. So um, takes time to breathe. And I I appreciate that after a short run of eight issues of the first series of this comic that ran from 2014 to 2015, the first special that they did was about Greg. So that was Mm -hmm. cool. They decided to make all stories about him. I really appreciate that. <laughs> and Greg is definitely one of my favorite characters. He's flawed, but he's I, I like I like him as a person. I believe him, you know? Yeah, and I've also liked that it would be so easy to take him in a obvious direction that they really don't for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems um he seems like a pretty permissive parent and he understands that Stephen is involved in a lot of stuff that he does he doesn't impose restrictions on him or anything, which, you know, that could be good or bad for a kid (laughs) in some ways. Sometimes the same thing that's bad is also good in a way and vice versa. But, you know, you really understand kind of where he's coming from as a parent and you never doubt that he loves his kid. You never see him drawn up as a deadbeat at all. Yeah. And it would have been very easy to basically make him Homer Simpson and they don't go there. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of comparisons between him and Homer because of how similarly they're drawn. So, um, yeah, you don't ever get that vibe from Greg at all. Yeah. I mean, there are a few things in common, but then you're more into just some characters have things in common. You don't sort of feel that he's one step to the left Homer or anything. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I don't feel like at least personality wise or function in the show wise that he's anything like Homer Simpson. It's more of a design thing, I think. And with the very beginning where he's portrayed as, oh, this is a guy who was asleep in the daytime in his van that he lives in and has a sunburn and a bald spot and, you know, seems like a very typical like loser dad, but then you meet him and he's very genuine and he's a whole person. (laughs) So... And I've yeah. always liked, and I think I've said this before, he's not bitter about his now non-existent musical career. You're right. He seems a little wistful sometimes, but he doesn't seem like he's still caught up in this 
oh, I'm a washed up old musician who is now all soured on the industry. He's, he still thinks like that. I mean, in the previous episode, he's like, guys, I just got a great idea for an album cover when he saw the, the water spout that Lapis was causing. Yeah, and he's not, you know, continually trying to make it big again. Right. He's not always talking about when he gets his next big break. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he wouldn't mind if it did happen, but it's not really yeah. his, he's not, he hasn't absorbed himself in that. Right. And you don't see him talking about working on an album or really doing a whole lot of anything with music, except for occasionally fiddling around with the guitar with his son. Hmm. So just seems like he's just kind of taking it day by day and yeah. doing what he's doing. I do like Greg Universe, and I'm glad he was our house guest, which, as you saw, you were right. <laughs> it was someone we knew. <laughs> didn't uh, in the, oh, having this guy around all the time route, because it was, the big thing ended up being his deception over his injury, but right. it was a bit of that. Yeah. I thought that was funny how she was so eager to say, won't I, won't I get in the way of your missions? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, great. You can fix his leg and uh, no one will have to live with us. <laughs> Maybe it's good. She has the van repair to distract her. Yes. Tell us how you really feel, Pearl. <laughs> so hard to tell. <laughs> she does not strike me as the type that would be good at lying. No. <laughs> <laughs> she, she tries to maintain decorum, but it just kind of slips out. Mm-hmm. Well, the strength of her apparent loathing for the man is <laughs> right front and center this episode. Well, there's probably yeah. part of her that thinks, no, no, one amethyst is enough. <laughs> oh, that is good. <laughs> I like that. Well, should I, should I reveal what the title is for the next one or did, do you already know? Next up, we got Space Race. Yes. So I guess we'll talk about that when we open the discussion for that one. <laughs> Anything else for 27? No, I think we've done what we came to do. Yeah. And some extra discussion of Greg Universe as a character. I like that a lot. Yep. Certainly the time for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll leave you until next time to see if Greg is involved in racing in space. Uh, I already know the answer to that. Probably a lot of other people listening already know the answer to that, but I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> uh, it's all about my utter ignorance of things that happen after I've watched. <laughs> That's the fun. You're right. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to us. Bye-bye now. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to Ivy and Daria on Not So Giant Women. You can find episodes of the show in video form by looking up Not So Giant Women on YouTube or in audio form at anchor.fm slash not so giant women or your podcatcher of choice. You can, you can also, also find, find us on, on Facebook. Facebook. Audio production by Daria. Video production and music by Ivy. Daria can also be heard on Postploitation, the Ozploitation podcast. And Ivy at her Steven Universe fan blog at love-takes-work.tumblr.com. Steven Universe was created by Rebecca Sugar and remains property of Cartoon Network. No infringement is intended.